On this episode of Locked On Lightning, we're talking about the Lightning starting off the season on not the best of notes. All that more. But first, let's play that music. You're Locked On Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I want to thank all of you for making us your first listen of the day. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you for making us your first watch of the day. Please go ahead to like and subscribe to the podcast. We are free everywhere. We're also on YouTube, so please subscribe to the pod or to the channel, excuse me, on there as well. In today's episode of Locked On Lightning, we are discussing... Last night's unfortunate start to the season. The Lightning fall to the New York Rangers on the road. The first game of the season, uh, a 3-1 to loss at Madison Square Garden in front of a very lively Rangers crowd. And I, if you, if you, you know, going back real quick, if, if you're going, if you listened to the crossover episode I had with John Chick of Locked on New York Rangers, we were talking about the changes that, both teams had over the regular season. And you may have noticed when I was talking about the the, the changes that the Lightning had, and and the and this is not the first time, of course, if you've been listening or watching the show all summer long, this is not the first time I've spoken about this. <clears throat> and really I look at this Lightning team right now, and, and yeah, they have a ton of talent. But, you know, I think that if we're examining each Lightning team, at least within the last three seasons in which this show has covered Tampa, this is probably, and, and this might be a controversial might be a controversial point to make, but, I mean, a lot of them are apparently on my show, judging from the YouTube comments and, and on Twitter, which I love. I, I immensely appreciate the back-and-forth banter with you guys. But I think this is on paper. You know, obviously, this is only game one of 82, so we have a long way to go. But this is probably, right now, as I'm saying, on the second day of the NHL season, yes, the second day, we are not counting the games in Prague. If you didn't, if you didn't know there was games in Prague, yes, there was games in Prague that officially kickstarted the uh, NHL regular season. Um, this is the weakest Lightning team we've had to cover on this show, um, and you know, there's a lot of things to that tie into that. Obviously, with Zach Bogosian and Anthony Sorelli not in the lineup, uh, we won't have those guys back in the lineup until November at least, and then. The defensive core, the exit of Ryan McDonough and, and that back-end defensive core. Uh, as much as I would like to see Cal Foot on the first line, Victor Hedman kind of was just, what's the right word? I'm not going to say he was outmatched. I think there were certain points in the game where he didn't play outside of himself. Um, and what I mean by that is that he didn't play outside of his 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 talent um he he stuck to his game the way he plays you know he wasn't going out there trying to rip clappers all night he wasn't out there trying to make great plays 
he was going out there to try and do the little things the right way. And that's what you want to see from a guy like Calfoot. And that's why I feel like he's so valuable. But, you know, when it comes down to it, he only played 16 minutes. And, you know, except for a couple of plays early on, there was a, I believe there was, there was a play in front of Vasilevsky early on, a little squirmer shot for the puck down on the doorstep. And, and he did the right thing. He got behind Vasilevsky in net. Uh, didn't allow anything to go in. Um, but, you know, a little bit of a, in my opinion, because maybe it's just a little bit of uh, high high expectations I've set for Calfoot. But when it comes down to it, I think that it was a little bit of a, you know, the hype wasn't there to match what we saw on the ice. I think it was a little uneven there. Uh and since we're on the defensive core, uh, defensive core, I thought that Mikhail Sergachev, except for a couple of moments throughout the game, I thought he played a spectacular game. Uh, 23 and change, almost 24 minutes of ice time, uh, 250 of that on the power play, and 531 of that on the shorthand. Uh I thought he played a very good game, all things considered, had seven blocks. Uh, you know, his plus minus was minus two for the night, and, and that will change. You know, I'm not going to look at game one and, and, and you know, because I have been very open with my criticism from Mikhail Sergachev all offseason uh, and even in the playoffs last year and at certain points during last season, but – you know, I'm not. I'm not going to kill him right away. I thought there was a lot of good things that he did. Um, one of the big things I actually tweeted about it was uh, there was a play with Kreider on the back door of a of a one timer, and Sergachev did a phenomenal job of just boxing him out of the of of you know the doorstep in the low slot in front of Vasilevsky, given you know. It, it was a it was a situation where Vasilevsky probably would have saved it if there was a shot put on net that close in. But Sergachev outbodied Chris Kreider, who is a very large and strong hockey player, and Mikhail Sergachev isn't anybody by any feet, uh, you know, a smaller player or anything, and he's also very experienced. And I think in a situation like that, depending on who you're looking at and who we're referring to, you know, you might say certain individuals, certain defensemen, especially younger ones, might get too crazy for the situation, might, you know, be too quick and be taken out of position right away. But no, Mikhail Sergachev stayed in there against a very talented player in Chris Kreider. Uh, Victor Hedman had a Victor Hedman kind of night. Would like, and we've spoken about this before, three shots on that. And, you know, they, for the most part, you know, early on, I I was a little disappointed in how this team was allowing so many shots on net. Uh, the Lightning were ultimately outshot by the Rangers, 39 to 26. Uh, at one point, I believe the, the, the shots were 36 to 18 in favor of of the lightning uh, that might, that number might be a little construed, but I, I do vaguely remember that seeing from the shot totals uh, from ESPN. But what I'm trying to get at is that, yeah, the lightning lost this game, but you got to look at the positives. And, and I think that's what ties in with the fact that 
with my point before about this kind of being a little bit weaker of the lightning teams that we have seen in recent years. You know, they're not, you know, I, I don't know a lightning fan that has watched the last three seasons and looks at this team and says they are immensely strong in every category on every line in every position, because this team is not, you know, there's some work that needs to be done uh, over the course of the season. You know, if the lightning get into the playoffs, it's going to be hard fought. And I think it's going to be, one of the more harder playoff spots that we're going to see this team fight for in recent memory, um, at least, you know, since the inception of this show. But to, to kind of put a bow on my point to start off the show here, and then we'll talk more about the game in the second segment, I thought this was a very well-played game by the defensive core, all things considered. You had Myers and Flurry on the ice together. Uh, obviously, with everything that has happened over the last couple of days with Ian Cole, and and you know you didn't see really any discombobulation throughout this defensive core. Like I said, there's little things that need to be fixed up here and there. Uh, you know, I said I wasn't going to criticize or kill Sergachev for anything, but there was a little moments here and there where he did turn over the puck at the blue line or, or mismanage the puck. And, 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 you know, that led to, to a couple of breaks down the other side of the ice, but, you know, Vasilevsky was on. Um, and, you know, really to sum up everything from this game, I think the defensive core really kept this lightning team in it. Uh, uh, and this team as a whole playing defense, I thought they played very well alongside with Vasilevsky just being on the entire night. He let up three goals, but at the same time, I, was a little worried uh, coming into this game that, you know, the Rangers were going to jump on him right away, which they did. Uh, and he actually settled in pretty well. Um, you know, the goals scored in this game, uh, one of two of them, which uh, from the Rangers, from Mika Zibanejad, I, th- one of those was just like all world class uh, dangling through traffic down low, picking that high corner. Uh, you know, the, you see goals like that from, you know, Nathan McKinnon, uh, Connor McDavid, you know, Austin Matthews, three of the top scorers in the NHL, and you see it from Mika Zibanejad and that. So an all-class, all-world goal, uh, a kind of goal that you see from guys that are dropping 45-plus goals per season. And Mika Zibanejad, who had a pretty phenomenal season last year, continues his trend and, and really – all the lightning were able to do was just have to deal with adjusting to that. And I, like I said, you know, we, there's a lot of things we could kill them for in this game. A lot of things that they can't, that they did not really do well, particularly, but I'm not going to get really in depth in the, into that really, you know, right off the bat. Uh, we could talk about that a little bit more tomorrow, just because it's game. Like I said, game one of 82, there's a lot more work, a lot more hockey to be played. Uh, but, you know, and, and we're going to talk about all of that uh, as we move along. But first, I want to talk about our sponsor for this episode, and that is Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with the cutting-edge security technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. 
That's why I love it. With 24-7 professional monitoring, simply safe agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatched. Police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached, our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you get the highest priority police dispatch possible. So customize your perfect system for your home in just a few moments at simplysafe.com, locked on NHL, backslash locked on NHL. That's simplysafe.com, backslash locked on NHL for 20% off on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com, backslash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. So I just want to thank all of you for, you know, if if you haven't already, please go ahead in the future, like and subscribe to the podcast, give a follow wherever podcasts are distributed. They are free. They are free. And you can follow us on our social media pages on the link on the little ticker below. So go ahead. LO underscore lightning on Twitter, as well as locked on underscore lightning on Instagram. Give me a follow on Twitter at Danky Dank, D-E-N-K-Y. The eight and K love hearing from all of you. Uh, where were my lightning fans at last night? You know, I was talking to a couple of you, you know, the, the usual regulars that I converse with uh, during each lightning game. Love hearing from all of you. Thanks, Chris. Thank Micah. You know who you are. If I missed a couple of names, uh, I'm sure preacher Joe, who has been a listener of this show since day uno. Love my guy, preacher Joe. If you're out there, love you, buddy. Can't wait to hear back from you. But yeah, so, where were you guys? You guys got to come to my defense. When, when, whenever we, Lightning play the Rangers, the last since the last postseason and this year, those those Ranger fans coming for me, coming for me already. And and I need you guys to help me because they're talking smack. These Ranger fans are acting like they won the cup already. Let's relax here. Uh, you got to get by the Lightning uh, first in the playoffs. But yeah, so I started off the show talking about how I I, I really saw a lot of positive things, and I think really this year. Like I stated, and I think, you know, I'm not going to try and hold this over their heads all season long because that's not fair. You know, when you're comparing two Stanley Cup teams, teams that really didn't change much in personnel, you know, a guy here, a guy there, subbed in, subbed out, uh, back-to-back winners for the most part. Uh, it's hard, you know, to you're somewhat living in that shadow, especially coming after losing in your third losing in the Stanley Cup final uh in your third consecutive final appearance looking for a fourth to become the four, uh the first team since the 1980s Islanders to make it to four straight Stanley Cup final appearances and I feel like it's unfair as much as I would love to make the comparison game it's not fair you know really really comparing you know Calfoot and Zach Bogosian against a you know Philippe Myers and a Hayden Fleury you can't do it you can't do it unless we need to see more. You know, maybe during the All-Star break, we'll play the comparison game. But on, on game one of 82, not fair. But like I said, a lot of positive things that happen in this game. Uh, I As long as I'm seeing progression as the game goes on and you see the guys getting comfortable, getting better, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with these lines for now. You know, I think maybe we'll see more of Chernak and Hedman down the road if maybe foot doesn't continue to improve over time we'll just have to wait and see i i so far i like what circuit doing um and i think he's really 
going to be able, if you move foot down to the second line, I think really he'll be able to be the leader on that line. But looking at the forward lines, well, looking at what the forwards did, um, you know, I, I, I like the first line with Braden Point, Kucherov, and, and Steven Stamkos. Uh, was not surprised at all when Stamkos uh, hit the one-timer for the power play goal to tie it. Uh, had 20-something power play goals last season. No, it was uh, – I think the stat was 20, 20-something uh, one-timer goals last season or whatever the whatever the stat was that they threw out on ESPN. ESPN, you know, they, you know how they are with stats. You know, the, the first player to skate on one foot when his eyes close and score a goal on a Thursday night – while the moon was full or whatever crazy stat they roll out. But what I'm trying to say is not surprising at all. He's your leader there. You get you get assists there from Kucherov and Point. Great puck um, movement around the ice. Uh, that that play right there, uh, obviously, you know, eventually if you do it too much, teams are going to catch on. Teams, I think, are already on the lookout for that, especially when those three guys are on the ice, especially Steven Stamkos. Uh, my issue with this offense, and there it was, it was very strange how they were falling into this pattern at certain points throughout the game, where the Lightning were figuring out that the the slot down the middle um, was was open uh, on certain breaks, and they were they were doing a good job penetrating that, being able to get in front of Shesterkin um, quite. I wouldn't say with ease, but with a lot more, lot more. I guess a lot more ease than you know one might expect. And my issue with a lot of this, with with what that was, is that it feels like these guys did not take complete advantage of that. I'm not saying every break play you you skate right down the middle, you take it right to Sestarica. No, you got to let him move around a bit. I mean, he's a big guy; he takes up a lot of the goal. Uh, you got to get him out of position, so that's why you have one timers, especially in that position uh, against a guy like this. But my issue with a lot of this, and I saw, and I've been saying this about Nikita Kucherov for a while. It's not just him that is guilty about the uh, of this. It's it's a it's a majority of the players. It's almost as if we're waiting to the last minute to do something. We're skating into the slow slot down the middle. You have all this space between the two forwards on each side from the opposing team or the two defensemen, or whoever is back on the play at that time. And you don't really have much of a plan. There's not much creativity there. It's almost as if the Lightning at certain points are almost surprised by how much space they get. And then by the time you kind of figure out what's going on or what to do with the puck, you're about a foot and a half away from Shostarkin, and you basically skate it yourself out of room to work with. Uh, That's why I prefer, you know, because we see this with, with more so with Braden Point, which I don't mind. I I like point doing that, uh, even if it doesn't result in a goal, just because it gives the other team something to think about throughout the throughout the game and over the course of the game, and then it allows for plays like the one time at Stamkos, uh, you know the 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 shot from the point from a defenseman, a, a headman, which we saw a couple of times, which I like. I, I mean, I was a huge, huge voice in that last season that I felt when the lightning were clicking on all cylinders is when you get your defensive core involved, most namely Victor Hedman. And, you know, we saw that in the last two 
previous playoff runs before last year, you know, when you involve when you when you're when you're moving the offensive attack all over the place and you're and you're 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 diversifying it, uh, that does wonders for you. And and but I felt like last night you didn't see a lot of setup plays as would as you would have liked to. Uh, there was plays here and there. Uh, there was some sets here and there on on in the offensive zone, uh, but not really a lot of you know more so of the uh, let's try and outskate the mentality, which I feel like since 2019, uh, 2018, 2019, and then 19 and 20, the league has wised up to that and has somewhat adopted it and there's very few teams that you could really beat now with that running gun offensive attack and i feel like the lightning are a more are, are one of the better puck handling teams in the national hockey league so when they set up the play like i've said you know you have a lot of guys that could hurt you a lot of guys that could do a lot of different things uh, who could skate fast, so you don't always have to do the setup player. You don't always have to run and gun up and down the ice. Um, you know, a couple of those sequences leading up to the Stamkos uh, power play goal, I really thought the Lightning did a lot of good things. They made Shesterkin, uh move around. They they changed his vision. Uh, they were doing a, a good job uh, creating traffic in front, and I really... That's why I don't have a problem with this loss. I mean, ideally, do you want to start the season on the right note? Yeah, absolutely. With a W, absolutely. Especially after losing last your last game of the the NHL season in the worst way possible in a, in a in the Stanley Cup final. But I think it's a good foot in the in a good step in the right direction for this team. And you played a very good New York Rangers team who still has a lot to prove. A lot of people forget that, you know, and, and you know, I'm going to tell the Lightning fans out there, you know, who, who are maybe upset by these words. But, you know, there's a lot of people picking the Rangers to win the Stanley Cup this year coming out of the East, at least. You know, obviously, I think the top top favorite is the Colorado Avalanche, but. Considering what, and this all ties in with how I feel about this current roster. If the Lightning are improving over the course of the game, which we don't see very often, let's face it. Usually, uh, if they give up the first goal and they're playing from behind and they take a bunch of penalties, which I'm not even going to get into right now. I'm going to talk. I'm going to leave that for tomorrow. I'm going to leave the whole power play situation for tomorrow because there is. A lot to unpack about that Tampa power play because I have have been screaming, I have been yelling, but that was just ugh. That, that's all I'm going to say about that. That 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 Tampa power play was just gross and not in the good way. But back to my point to finish it up before we take a break. I I feel. Content, content, excuse me, content with the way this team played last night. Yes, there was the last five or so minutes. This team almost looked like it was just like, all right, let's go. Like, we just don't have it tonight. And I'm not saying they quit. But 
especially that last power play, or excuse me, that last goal scored by New York by former Lightning great, because he was great when he was with Tampa, Barkley Goodrow. I knew that was going to happen. You knew leading up to that, after the second Zibanejad goal on the power play, that eventually, and the sequence leading up to that, that Barkley good row or, you know, that, that, that goal was coming, not necessarily by Barkley good row. I, me, I honestly just assumed by the way things were going and the way he was skating all night and, and the lightning really didn't have that much of an answer for him. And certain, some of the things he did, I thought Zabanajet was scoring again, but as a whole, other than that third period, which I, I will leave to the side for the power play talk tomorrow and the penalty kill tomorrow for, I guess the special episode, special teams episode. I thought this was, if I had a grade at a to an F, I will give, I will give this game a, a solid B. There's a lot to unpack in terms of what the lightning failed at doing throughout this game, but there is a lot to celebrate in terms of positives and look at what they did well in this game uh, for a team that is looking to rise up to the same level of success that they had last year. So wrapping up the show, once again, I want to thank everybody for making us your first listen. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the pod. Give us a thumbs up on the YouTube channel as well. If you're listening to us on to a audio platform. Just remember, we are free. And please go ahead and download uh, and do all that great stuff that helps us continue to grow. Uh, please drop a comment below on the YouTube channel. Uh, but yeah, I really liked what this Tampa team did yesterday or last night. You know, I, I and, and I, I, I am very curious to see how this team, what kind of team are we getting on Friday against the Columbus Blue Jackets? Because as we know, especially with Tampa, it is very flip of the coin type team, a very Jekyll and Hyde type team. You know, all things considered, like I said, I thought a, a very good game was played, even though it did not result in a win, but Friday against a team like the the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are no joke now. I mean, they weren't a joke before, but this is a team who, you know, without really a lot of superstars or really any big name players, was you know a very tough team to play. And now you're you're contending against Johnny Gordeau. And, and Patrick Laine, who did get hurt tonight. So we're going to keep an eye on that when we talk about matchups on Friday. But I'm, I'm very curious what, time, what kind of Tampa team are we going to get on Friday? And because it would be very upsetting to me, at least, if, if you take the positives, which we will talk about on the next episode, on tomorrow's episode, and celebrate those, and that doesn't carry over especially after a couple of days off in Columbus Friday night. So hopefully Tampa Bay could bring some of the momentum that they got. Hopefully Friday night we get Andre Vasilevsky, the Andre Vasilevsky that we got the other night, who 
let's face it, if Vasilevsky wasn't in net for the for the Lightning, I think the Rangers would have won like eight eight to one. I think this would have been a way worse game. I think if you put an average, you know, not to dump on the Maple Leafs anymore, but if you put on if you put like Matt Murray or I don't even remember who the other goaltender is they have that they're trying to roll out and say that they're going to be a good hockey team this year for. If you roll out any of those guys or any mid-level hockey uh, goaltender that you have in the NHL right now from any of the mid-level teams, could have been a worst outcome. So, you know, one of those, thank gosh, we have Andre Vasilevsky moments. So hopefully he comes out, he plays a great game, a solid game in net, no soft goals. We have a Tampa team that continues to grow, continues to go out there, build momentum on every shift, every play, every game. Because that's the only way they're going to be successful. I I think this Tampa team is what we're starting to see a little bit more of a disciplined team. Yes, there were some 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 penalties called last night, a little bit of head scratchers. Um, can't complain though. The, the 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 power plays were pretty much even in terms of being called. Um, and really, all it comes down to is execution. And and hopefully, the Lightning will be able to execute more and and at and be a lot more efficient. Um, Friday night against Columbus. But meanwhile, go ahead and tune in for tomorrow's episode. Like I said, we'll be talking about the special teams. Uh, you know, what needs to change? How do the Lightning players feel about it? How does John Cooper feel about it? We'll talk about all of that uh, on the next episode. So in the meantime, that's been it for this episode of Locked on Lightning, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.